is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hello, BU Collective. Welcome back to BU Podcast. So I am recording this episode in what I would call real time. We had a different episode set to release today, and it just didn't work out. And I truly believe that everything happens the way it is supposed to happen in divine order and in divine timing. And so this gave me the opportunity to do a follow-up episode to the previous episode on the three success ingredients. And the reason I say it gave me the opportunity, I had no intention of doing that. But that episode is exploding. I've had people contacting me telling me, and I'm so excited about this. uh, One woman who owns a business said that she is turning it into sort of a book club. And that episode is going to be shared with all of her 30 some employees. And then they're going to mastermind about it and break it down and have group discussion for three weeks in a row, one on each one of the success ingredients. And I have another contact who's sharing it with all of her employees. So um, I've had a few people reach out to and say, okay, I thought it was great. Can you give me a little more? Like, what does it actually look like? So here I am with the perfect opportunity. Remember we talked before about parking spots, right? So one of those cars pulled out of the lot without me knowing it, without me wanting that to happen. But I said, awesome, what are we going to fill? And then the episode that was supposed to be there is sliding right in right now. So this is part two of the three success ingredients. What we're going to focus on today is real life examples And how does it actually look? I mean, we gave a lot of detail in the last episode, but what does it look like? How do these people who embody these three ingredients, how do they show up? How do they speak? What kind of things do they think and say when they're faced with obstacles, opportunities, challenges, or just everyday circumstances? So I'm going to show you a couple of real life examples of hypothetical Sally and hypothetical Michelle. Sally does not possess these success ingredients and Michelle does. And by the way, with that, I'll go through a couple of examples from business and sales and an example that most people can relate to with regard to healthy living. Okay. But first let's talk about, um, and again, this could be like five episodes talking about, you know, just the way of being of someone who creates success. There's so much underneath this. You know, there's a whole energy about it. You know, we're going to do an episode on vibration. The episode in the past about head trash plays into this. I have found that success is at least 90% mindset 
and 10% at best skill set and mechanics. The problem is that most of us are focusing on skill set mechanics. Now, they're important, but we forget the 90 or 95 or 99%, which is about how we are, how we think, our being, okay? But here are some ways that the people who tend to attract and create success show up. These people are proactive instead of reactive. They follow up and they follow through over and over and over again. They don't make assumptions. They don't play the blame game. And they recover really fast. They recover quickly. So proactive. People who are proactive, I know you know what the word means, but this is how they show up. They're not waiting for someone to tell them to do something. They're not waiting for the cue, for the clue, for the bell to ring. You know, they just take action. They diffuse the bomb before it goes off, right? So if you're looking at them in a sales situation, they are taking care of the customer before the customer decides that they don't like the product. They are proactive in a way that if someone shows a little bit of interest in what they're selling, they immediately reach out to that person rather than waiting. So many examples we could give. Follow up and follow through. Now, you've heard the saying, the fortunes and the follow-up, right? You know, but what does that look like? When it comes to business, let's say, or it could come, let's, let's take a real life example outside of business. Like you're inviting someone to a party and you would really, really like them to be there. Now, you don't want to make that happen or force that to happen, but your follow-up and follow-through could determine whether or not they show up. So someone who has the three success ingredients doesn't worry that the person will be annoyed or offended. They don't make a story up about that. They ask permission to keep following up. They don't pester the person. They do something like this. Hey, so Jill, I sent you an invitation to my holiday party. I don't know if you've seen it. I know life is a little crazy right now, but I would love to know if you'll be able to make it. If you could just give me a yes or a no, that would help me with my headcount and deciding how much wine to buy, right? The person doesn't respond. Jill doesn't respond. The person who is following up and following through from a place of success, the success mindset, follows up again and again and again. And again, they're not worried that they're offending or bothering Jill because they're not going to make up that story, which comes from a, a mindset of, of lack. You might say, no, that's just polite. No, it's not. It's not polite to stop following up with somebody. Following up with someone, let's say it's a sales example, is extremely important. It actually shows professionalism. It shows that you care. And it shows a sense of care towards that other person. Why? Because they have a lot on their plate. They have a lot they're thinking about. It's not their job to keep track of the invitations that you're throwing at them, right? Now, of course, if you invite someone to something and you follow up a few times and they don't even respond, that says something about them, right? But what does it look like to have a good sense of follow-up, a healthy sense of follow-up and follow-through? The person is following up with Jill, let's say for that holiday party, not making up a story about Jill's lack of response, not blaming herself for that, not feeling insecure about it, but also not obsessed and feeling like if Jill doesn't come, the world's going to come to an end, right? If Jill doesn't attend that party, oh my gosh, the party's going to suck. The person who has a success mindset, that doesn't even enter her mind. 
She just goes about her business and her follow-up list and then circles back around and circles back around and circles back around. And then she might say something like, hey, Jill, okay, at this point, I'm feeling a little bit like a stalker. I don't want to bother you, but I also don't want to make up a story because a lot of people love it when I follow up. Could you just give me a thumbs up back if you've heard these messages? And then will you just say yes or no about whether or not you're attending, right? So many times when someone does not answer us, you know, we make up this story. It's really good to tell the person, I'm not going to make up a story in my head because many times Jill in this example is going to say, oh my God, thank you so much. I feel so awful that I've not answered about your message. I've had so many things going on. I haven't even looked at our calendar. Will you tell me again, what is the party and when is it? Thank you again for caring enough to check back. See, someone with a mindset of success with the three ingredients we discussed in last episode, they will keep following up and following through in that manner. These people also don't make assumptions. They don't assume. We, we That last example was a great lead into this, right? And we talked a little bit about assumption in that last example of follow-up and follow-through. So when it comes to assumptions, let's give a sales example. The person who has this mindset of success, they don't assume that when Mary doesn't buy the product, that that means anything other than Mary decided not to buy the product. They don't assume that when Mary doesn't come to the event they invited them to, anything other than Mary just didn't come to the event, right? They don't make a story up about the actions or inactions of other people, ever. They just take everything at face value. They could for a minute say, oh, that sucks, that doesn't feel really good. She didn't come to my barbecue or I invited her to the baby shower and I really wanted her there. Most people, like we're humans, right? We're going to be there for a second. But as you've heard me say in other episodes, you can put a $1.50 in that parking meter and sit in that shit, or you can have a penny in the parking meter, or you can just park into that spot of this isn't fair. I don't like this. Why did that happen? Making assumptions. You can park in there for a second and realize, yeah, I'm out of here. You know, as you grow and as you work on these skills that we talk about on this journey, you'll get to the point where you won't even pull into the parking lot. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I usually come into the parking spot. I'm in the lot. I go over to the spot and I'm like, oh God, okay, I'm not supposed to be here. Or I do put a coin in the meter, but then I leave. Okay, so when it comes to assumptions, they're so dangerous in life in general. We all know that. But with regard to success, they are lethal. They don't make assumptions about whether or not so-and-so is gossiping about them at work and that's the reason they didn't get the promotion. No, they just didn't get the promotion and they go directly to the person who didn't promote them and they ask for feedback. They just say, hey, Jan, I would really love some honest, bare knuckles feedback. And I mean like, give it to me straight. Don't hold back. You can't hurt my feelings. Why didn't I get the job? I want to do better, be better, move forward and grow. I'm happy, so happy that Stephanie got the job, but I really wanted it. What don't I have right now? And what do you see me needing? And how do you see me growing into that? You see, no assumptions at all. These people also do not blame circumstances, life events, or people for them not getting ahead in life. Now, this is a big one. I I see this all the time. And I did in my business for years, excuses and blaming. You know, the reason I'm not moving forward is because I live in a small town. The reason I'm not moving forward in this business is because of my spouse. The reason I'm struggling is because, you know, I work. I'm like, okay, well, I could find five other people who work more than you. 
yeah, but I'm also in school. Okay, well, I know 10 other representatives who are going to school. They have five kids and they have a job, right? They blame being tired or whatever it is, but they're constantly pointing the finger outward instead of inward. Now, remember, when you point the finger inward, that's not blaming. You don't ever want to do that to yourself. That's awful, right? I've lived that for years. Don't do it. I don't recommend it. It's not good for your health, your wellness, your mindset, anything. So you're not going to take the finger and point it at yourself with shame and blame. You're going to turn the finger toward yourself to say, what does this really mean? What do I need to learn about myself? What is the lesson here for me? You know, when people are faced with a wall, a roadblock, a mountain, a hill, a torrential downpour, whatever is getting in their way, it doesn't matter if you are trying to eat healthier, run a marathon, write a book, finish medical school, you know, get into law school or grow a business for all of these. But when it comes to blame, This is probably one of the biggest things that keeps people from moving ahead. The people with a success mindset, they don't blame anybody and they don't blame themselves either, right? So how how could this look? They're not getting ahead in their business or their career. And instead of looking at what's not working with regard to the spouse and the friends who are telling them that they aren't going to be successful and their childhood and all the things that could hold them back, they don't even look there. They look forward and inward, forward and inward. That's it. If they plan for an event and no one shows, they don't blame the weather. Because the truth is, if you would have over-invited, you would have had three people there. Let's be real. In my previous business, we had lots and lots of events. And I would see the same people showing up with a lot of people and the same people showing up with nobody. And by the way, it was okay. First of all, I don't make assumptions because some of those people showed up with nobody because they wanted to and they're fine with that. And I was too. I really didn't care. And I mean that. I was excited that they were there. But I'm talking about the people who really wanted to have guests there. They, quote, tried to have guests there. And then they looked around and lo and behold, they saw the people that had 10, 15 guests at these events. And then the blame game started. Well... There was the weather and I invited all these people and they canceled at the last minute. Well, maybe they canceled at the last minute because you didn't follow up. You didn't follow through. You weren't clear. You weren't passionate when you were inviting. There are a lot of reasons why if you had that many people cancel at the last minute, some of that is probably out of your control, but you also could have invited enough people that you would have had at least two people here, right? People with the success mindset also recover very quickly. They recover quickly from criticism. They recover quickly from difficult coaching. You know, I had to give out some very tough coaching in my years. And some of it is my personality. I'm very direct. And I understand that sometimes I can come across as too much for people. Sometimes I'm too direct. And I've had to learn how to cushion it and to ask for permission first. It's been very difficult for me, right? So I admit that that's something that's my problem. No one else's. But there are also people that didn't recover quickly no matter what was said to them. They take every ounce of coaching, every ounce of advice as criticism. Now, that comes from their own stories, their own insecurities, their own fear, their own childhood. They're probably not aware of that. But the people with a success mindset don't respond that way. It's like, thank you, may I have another? Oh, shit, that hurt. Thank you, may I have another? Or they might say, okay, dude, that's okay, I hear you. But that was a little bit harsh. (laughs) I know you're right but I think that's enough, right? These people recover quickly. And again, when it comes to receiving coaching, 
right? Advice, feedback, no matter the situation, no matter the career, no matter the real life situation outside of career. They recover quickly, but they also don't make assumptions about the coaching and feedback they're getting. Oh, they're out to get me. They don't like me. No, they don't think that way. They say things like, wow, that was really hard to hear, but I mean, there's got to be something there because the thing is, I'm not doing well at this. There's got to be something that I can learn here. And again, they look inward while focusing forward. I'll say these again, proactive, follow up and follow through. They don't make assumptions. They don't play the blame game and they recover quickly. So let's look at Sally and Michelle. I'll give you a couple of examples. Two will be business and one will be outside of business. Where Sally, who does not possess a success mindset, and Michelle, who does possess a success mindset, how do they respond and react and move through these situations? So the first, I just pulled out of a hat. How about Sally and Michelle are trying to get a meeting with somebody. They might be doing fundraising. They might want someone to sponsor an event for them. They might be trying to get a meeting with someone for for sales, for business. They might need to get a meeting with a specific expert for their child who's having some issues with ADHD. It doesn't matter, but they're going for, they're trying to get a meeting with somebody. Sally, who does not have a success mindset, tries until she hits a few obstacles, right? She gives up very quickly. She's not proactive at all. She waits to the last minute. She doesn't follow up and follow through. So she reaches out to the person she thinks is the contact person with an email. Not a phone call, but an email. And when she doesn't hear back, she makes an assumption. Oh, they're too busy. They're not interested. They probably don't want to. Hey, Sally, did you um, get that meeting with Mariah from company XYZ? No, I can't believe it. I, I reached out and didn't even hear back. Really? Did you reach out again? Well, no. Did you pick up the phone and call them? Mm, nope. Got it. So what do you think happened? Oh, I'm sure they weren't even interested. They saw how much our project is and they were like, not even interested. That's interesting because Michelle just got that same person booked yesterday. Wait, what? Yeah. You know, Michelle, who's brand new, who hasn't been in this job for 10 years? Now, of course, I would never talk to someone like this. I'm just being, I'm being a little bit cheeky here. You know, Michelle, who just got the job yesterday and she hasn't been here 10 years and she has no experience and she has eight kids and um, her dog just died and she is going through a divorce and she's in her master's program? Yeah, that Michelle. <laughs> oh, well, what did she do? Well, first of all, Michelle picked up the phone and she's talked to the person in charge And she realized that wasn't the person in charge. The person had given her the wrong name. So she asked them to connect her with the person who could help her make the connection with the person who could make the decision. And then when she didn't hear back, she called back every day and she followed up with three emails. And in fact, in the email, it was super creative because instead of just typing the email, she actually made a little selfie video and she sent it. And they just cracked up. They loved it. And they actually pushed her to the top of the list and she was able to jump on a quick Zoom call and she got it done in a day. Oh, now no shame here with Sally. Sally just doesn't think that way. You see, Sally does not, she's not wired that way. She doesn't think that way. She probably lives in a scarcity mindset, a fixed mindset, right? She doesn't have the success ingredients. She 
you know, is sometimes teachable and coachable, but she doesn't have a burning desire. You can tell she doesn't. I'm referring back, by the way, to the last episode. Those three success ingredients were teachable and coachable, burning desire, willing to show up and actually do the work consistently. Okay. So those were the three. So Sally doesn't have those. Do you see how it's coming out in this example? What about with health, wellness, exercise? So Sally, who does not have this mindset of success that we're discussing, she really, really wants to be gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free. And the reason she wants to is because her doctor told her that if she doesn't, her autoimmune condition is going to get a lot worse. Like this isn't just for fun. This isn't because it's trendy. She really needs to eat better. And she needs to eat um, this way, which not everyone does, but she needs to. And so for Sally, when she looks at this way of eating, she doesn't plan ahead. She doesn't have her list ahead of time. She doesn't have her, her pantry, you know, cleared out of the foods she can't eat. She doesn't have the healthy foods ready to go. So she's, she's already setting herself up for failure. When it comes up to follow up and follow through, she's got this health coach who's helping her. And she reached out to the health coach because she had a question about whether or not something was actually gluten-free, even though it said it on the, on the box. And when she didn't hear back from that person, she didn't follow up again. And she went ahead and just ate the stuff out of the box and felt horrible. She also made a huge assumption. She made the assumption that when her doctor told her that this eating program would be difficult, she immediately assumed that she was going to fail. When she did fall off the wagon, so to speak, the first people she blamed were her doctor and her health coach. Her health coach isn't invested in her wellness. She doesn't get back to her fast enough. Her doctor already told her how hard it was going to be. And, you know, the food industry doesn't label things properly. And by the way, her kids love cookies and love crackers and all that. And she can't not have that in the pantry. I mean, what the hell? This isn't easy. (laughs) That's how Sally looks at this. Well, she also doesn't recover quickly, right? So when she does fall off, she beats herself up for an entire week while she's eating a tray of Oreos. By the way, I've been there, (laughs) right? So when it comes to Michelle, Michelle has these success ingredients, right? She's got that mindset for success. It doesn't mean she's not going to fall, fail. It doesn't mean she's not going to stumble. It doesn't mean she's not going to struggle with this new eating plan. But I'll tell you what, she's got those success ingredient. She's got that mindset. So she's going to do a lot better. She's going to be proactive, right? Again, not going for perfection here, but she's, she's like, look, here's the deal. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to actually get on the computer, start Googling ideas, getting recipes set for the week and start clearing out my pantry. And I'm going to say to my kids, here's the deal. I'm eating this way. Okay. I'm not asking anyone's permission. We're doing it as a family. If you don't want to eat this way, you get to have this bag right here full of your own snacks in your bedroom. And that's it. Not going to be in the pantry. End of story. When she had a question for her health coach, you already know what she did. What did she do? She kept calling and texting. And it turns out it wasn't the right number. Sally gave up after the first try and made up a story. Not Michelle. She figured out that it wasn't even the correct number. The nurse at the doctor's office gave her the wrong number for the health coach. So she got the correct number and she had her answer within like 30 minutes. She didn't make any assumptions whatsoever about any of this. She didn't assume it would be easy. She didn't assume it would be difficult. 
She just took it at face value and she didn't blame people when she fell off. Wait, she fell off? Yeah, she's human. Having this mindset of success doesn't mean you don't fail. In fact, successful people fail more often than others, way more often, but they recover really, really well. So Michelle didn't beat herself up. For a minute, she parked there. All right, the truth is she put 50 cents on the meter and she's like, shit, Ugh, I can't believe this. I worked so hard. I was proactive. I made my list. I was doing so well all week. And then damn it, Saturday came. And I mean, Cheez-Its are my favorite. And I, I just did. And once I had the Cheez-Its, then I had to have some cream cheese with them because that's my favorite. And then once I had the cream cheese, then I had a Coca-Cola. And it just was a shit show after that. Right? She felt bad about it. She parked there for a little bit, but then she got right back on that horse the very next day. And here's what Michelle would do if she didn't get back on the horse. She wouldn't beat herself up. She wouldn't blame anyone else. She didn't blame herself. And she'd recover after that. And she'd keep recovering until she was back on it. That's the difference between people who think successfully and people who don't. It shows up in the way they are being, in the way their energy is, in their attitude, in the whether or not they're pointing the finger at people to blame them or they're looking inward and moving forward right? They keep following up and they keep following through. They don't make assumptions. They are proactive and they don't just wait and react to everything. What about sales when it comes to sales? This is, this is my specialty, right? Remember I was afraid of sales, nervous about sales, hated the idea of sales. My neck would get bright red. My ears would ring. I would sweat. It was awful. Such an uncomfortable lesson to learn. And what I realized, and I'll do Lots of episodes just on this one topic of sales. But what I realized is that with sales, it's just, it's about who we are. It's not really about selling. It's about who we are, who we think we are, who we think other people think we are, right? And how we show up in this world. Are we able to connect with people and serve? Jill, why are you talking about sales right now? You went off on a tangent. It's all connected. Remember we said success is 90 to 95 to 99 percent mindset. Your mindset isn't just your thoughts. It's your way of being, right? It's your energy. It's the way you come across and land for people. It's the way you interact. It's the way you hold your shoulders. It's the way you walk into a room or have you how you have conversations. So when it comes to sales, let's look at Sally and Michelle. Let's look at making their very first sale. They're both new on the job, very first day, and it doesn't matter what they're selling. And if you say, oh, I don't sell. Yes, you do. You sell your kids on morals and ethics. You sell your kids on brushing their teeth. You know, you sell every day in one way or another. So let's look at Sally and Michelle. When it comes to getting their first sale, Sally, remember, does not have this success mindset. Sally waits when the first lead is given to her. Clearly, she's not proactive. We've been talking about poor Sally for a while here, right? She's not proactive. But why isn't she proactive? I don't know. There could be a million reasons, but I know one reason. She's afraid they're going to say no. She's afraid she's going to fail. So she waits. She likes to procrastinate. So she's not proactive. She waits. Or or she just says, oh, I, I didn't think about that. I mean, I've given leads to people, guys, so many times. And I'm like, hey, how'd it go with Felicia? Oh, you know what? I am got her on my list today. I'm like, dude, oh, I gave you that lead a week ago. Like if it were me, I'd already closed the sale by now or at least known to close the file and walk away. And this person hasn't even reached out to them yet. Sally is one of those people. 
She's not proactive. When it comes to sales, how many times do you think she follows up and follows through, inviting people to events or just reaching out to see if they're willing to have a conversation? Not at all. She makes lots of assumptions. She blames other people. What does it look like though? Well, she assumes that when the person doesn't get back to them, it means they're not interested. No, it doesn't mean that. She assumes that when the person asks questions about the price, oh, they think it's too expensive. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew they would say it was too expensive. Actually, Sally, they asked what the price was because they just want to know the price. When they asked Michelle for the price, Michelle said, oh, it's $89.95. And they said, oh, wow, that's cheap. So when it comes to making the first sale, when Sally does not get the first sale or it takes longer than she expects, oh, here comes the stories, the excuses, the blame game. She's blaming everything from her, you know, fish to the day that she had yesterday to her childhood, (laughs) right? She's blaming everybody. And she's probably shaming and attacking herself quietly as well, unfortunately, right? Because how we show up towards other people is how we show up towards ourselves. And she doesn't recover quickly. So when the person told her, you know, it's just not in our budget right now, but I might think about it in the spring, Sally's response to that was, I knew I sucked at this. I knew I wasn't made for this. This is not for me. I knew I didn't want to be in sales. She thinks I'm being pushy. Well, when Michelle went after that sale with the same person, let's say, she said, great, I'll put you on my list for how does March 8th sound? I've got a great event coming up in March. Is it okay with you if I reach out to you at the end of February to give you the details on the March event and then we can see if you're ready to get started? Awesome. When Michelle is making that first sale, she follows up and she follows through until she gets a yes or a no, period. Five years, yep, five years. I used to have people on my whiteboard that I would recircle and recycle for years, years and years and years. Does it mean I kept following up every week? No, that's no, not at all. But I never took them off my list until they told me to. Because I don't make assumptions and I like to communicate clearly, I would ask them, hey, is it okay with you if I keep you on my list? Sure. Everybody said yes. Almost everybody. So that's how Michelle operates too. When Michelle did hear a no, and she'd actually got a no. Michelle got a no. Yep. It doesn't matter how positive you are, how much you follow up, how proactive you are, how good you are about not making assumptions and not blaming and recovering. If you have those three success ingredients, you still get no's all the time, every day. People who are successful have just heard more no's than you. So Michelle recovers very, very fast. She heard the no. She got in that parking spot. She decided how much she was putting in the meter, but it wasn't a lot. And even if it was two bucks, it doesn't matter. She came right back out of that spot and said, let's go. And she was ready for the next thing. Now, as Michelle became more successful, she didn't have time to think about the no. She literally sorted through those prospects and through that sales list like she sorts laundry really, really fast without emotion. Likes darts, delicate. Light, dark, delicate. Light, dark, delicate. That's it. That's how Michelle shows up over time. Now, some people can do that right away. So I hope this was helpful to you. This was a really quick episode. I love that we were able to expand on the three success ingredients, give you some real life examples, give you ways that those people show up 
with the way they think and the way they speak and the way they respond. And I'd like you to put yourself in their shoes and ask yourself, you know, no matter what the goal is, no matter what the situation is, am I a Sally or am I a Michelle? Now, it's okay if you're a Sally, right? But ask yourself, why? Why am I thinking that way? Where is that coming from? These are great things to journal about. Where is this coming from? What's underneath it? What am I really afraid of? Because here's the deal. We only have two emotions. We have lots of feelings, but there are only two emotions, love and fear. Everything comes from love or fear. Everything Sally is showing up as comes from fear. Everything Michelle shows up as comes from love. Wait, are you saying Michelle's not afraid? Michelle's actually terrified. But the way she is showing up comes from the emotion of love while she's shaking in her boots. Let me know what you think of this. Uh, Message me. Give me feedback. I'm having a blast with this. Sounds like you are too. And I wish you the best. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on BU. I know there was something in this episode you were meant to hear. So let me know in a DM on Instagram at JillHermanBU. Be sure to subscribe to the BU podcast. And if you have iTunes, I would so appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving a comment with your biggest aha or takeaway. Sharing a screenshot of this episode on your story is the best way for us to reach women just like you. And if you send a link to a friend, let her know what unique quality she has that the world needs more of. If this is your first visit, welcome to our BU Collective, where we get honest about what it takes to find our true self so we can set her free and start living.